Hello and welcome to Conversations with Commerce Trust, our show about the markets, investment themes, and economic insights that matter to you. I'm your host, David Hagee, Chief Investment Officer with Commerce Trust. Today, we're going to be discussing the municipal markets, looking at the tumultuous year that they've had, and planning for investment opportunities with Brian Michelek, our Director of Fixed Income Portfolio Management here at Commerce Trust, and also a manager of our municipal bond mutual fund complex. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Uh, thanks, David. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's 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 been kind of a, a wild year inside fixed income. How's it gone inside the municipal bond marketplace? Well, it's been less bad. Uh, let's just say that. So uh, when you look at it, particularly if you focus on total returns, uh, you know, obviously with the increase in interest rates, uh, we've had negative total returns. So if you're invested in a bond fund, uh, you can you can see that that's readily available or even individual bonds. You'll know from your statements uh, that as interest rates go up, the values of those bonds go down. So when you compare them to the taxable side, uh, it's it's we've we've gone down less in, in terms of total return. Yields haven't gone up quite as much. I think most taxable bond intermediate duration funds are in that kind of double digit loss category, anywhere from 10 to 12 percent. Um, you know, in the muni space, you know, you're looking at, at negative returns closer to six to seven percent. Uh, but obviously, when you, you look back historically, it's been, you know, probably one of the worst years uh, in 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 that space or in bonds. It, again, if you measure from total return that we that we've ever seen. Well, I, I think in 2022, less bad counts as a victory for us. Right. Um I think it'd, it'd be helpful for our listeners to have a bit of a definition around municipal bonds, who can issue, what they look like, and kind of where they fit into uh, into the uh, the marketplace. Sure, sure. So it's 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 always been kind of categorized as a sleepy asset class, right? Um, in order to qualify to issue tax exempt debt, uh, issuers have to be uh, a public entity, state, local government, school district. Uh, non-for-profits can, can also access the market. So you've got, you know, private universities, uh, non-for-profit hospitals also have access. Uh, but also, too, in order to qualify the proceeds of the what you use the debt on. So if a hospital is going to issue debt or even the city of Clayton was going to issue debt and they would like to have it tax free, they have to make sure that that debt issuance goes to public use. Uh, so in a, in a more broad category. Uh, so the market's about $3.4 trillion in size. Uh, so you're looking at, you know, probably a third to, you know, maybe a half is uh, the size of the corporate bond market. So so it's much smaller. Uh, but the biggest difference is it's much more fragmented. So uh, there's thousands and thousands of, of municipal issuers ranging in size from the smallest taxing districts that can be created that are eligible to issue tax-exempt debt to the largest states, such as a California, New York, or Texas, uh, that have the ability to issue debt. So when you look at the landscape, while we may be half the size or a third of the size of the corporate market, just in total outstanding, uh, the sheer number of issuers in the municipal market dwarfs that of, of what we see in the corporate market. Sure. So at its at its core, the municipal market can be defined this way, that you have municipalities that can issue at lower costs, lower interest rates, to be able to fund projects for the common good, but then investors also get the benefit of having federally tax-exempt interest coming to them. Um, and then depending on the state they live in, they might get some uh, tax benefit in the state that they're in as well. So 
kind of a, a, a win-win, but you're accepting a little bit less interest. How should we think about those taxes? You know, is there a way that you you analyze the the tax advantages of municipal bonds? Sure, sure. So uh, obviously, the the biggest component is the federal exemption, right? That's where you that's where you get the most bang for your buck. So if you think about uh, the buyers or investors of municipal debt, they tend to be uh, individual investors uh, that find themselves in the higher marginal tax rates, right? So if you if you look at our tax structure right now. Uh, the highest marginal rate is 37%. Uh, on top of that, we do have the Medicare tax or what some have called the Obamacare tax at 3.8%. So the highest taxpayer, the individual taxpayer can have you know, a marginal rate of 40.8%. And so when you're thinking about uh, municipalities and issuing that tax exempt debt, that's the key measure we're using uh, in terms of the relative value. You know, what what is that going to be? So, for an example, you know, if you were to buy a bond that has a yield, a tax-free yield of three and a half percent, which you can get around ten years in in our, in our market right at this point. So, three and a half percent on a taxable equivalent basis, that gets close to six percent uh, uh, on a taxable equivalent basis. So, if you think of it another way, if I were going to buy a bond at six percent, that's taxable, say a Treasury or a CD, then you're going to lop off 40% of that, right, uh, roughly to, to pay the government. So that would be the equivalent yield of 3.5%. So uh, it's very appealing right now when you look at the tax-exempt market, say, relative to treasuries. Uh, this gets into another discussion, but if you think about uh, kind of those long-term treasury yields, uh, I think most of our clients have probably either read in the Wall Street Journal, heard on CNBC, that uh, treasury rates are flat to even inverted, meaning that longer term rates are actually lower than shorter term rates. Uh, that's not the case in the municipal market. So you still get incremental yield the further out in term you go. So again, getting back to that 10-year comparison, we can buy a bond, tax-free bond at 3.5% tax-free in the muni space. Uh, we get you a 5.9% call it taxable equivalent yield. And then you look at where the 10-year treasury is today at about 3.6% that's taxable. So that's a lot of numbers thrown at you. But generally, at a high level, what we're saying is munis are very attractive to those individuals that find themselves in the highest tax rates. But And Brian, you talked about earlier that it's a bit of a sleepy place, the marketplace, or at least it's characterized that way. Of course, that's because they have less defaults. And the reason they have less defaults is because they can uh, uh, they have the power of taxation. But, you know, let, let's talk about maybe some more exciting times inside the municipal bond marketplace. Yeah. So so obviously, you know, going back to the financial crisis, uh, you know, municipalities from a budgetary standpoint were, were severely impacted. Right. And it, it was it followed a typical pattern where you have a recession, which tax revenues are going to go down, expenses are going to go up uh, and you're going to have a deficit. Uh, but as you mentioned, David, the, the power of taxation goes a long way in terms of how that's fixed over time. And as we've seen in the past, even though the numbers were much greater during the financial crisis, I mean, the budget deficits were much bigger, uh, it took about three fiscal years, maybe four fiscal years for them ultimately to close the gap, right? And so while we saw a little uptick in the default rate, uh, we certainly saw a lot more credits getting downgraded, which doesn't mean default. That just means they're they're of lower quality, which which makes sense when you get in an environment like that. Um, but ultimately, as we found out that munis have always done, they're very battle tested when it comes to these environments. That they ultimately fix that. You know, and, and I'll say inside the municipal bond space, 
there are some weaker municipalities out there, you know, say some cities that that are uh, a, a bit over, uh, uh, you know, over levered here and certainly some states that appear to be a little bit weaker. As you assess the current state of the municipal bond market, what are your thoughts as to the overall health? You know, as we sit here today, um, uh, the overall health is very good. We expect even if we get into a slowdown next year or even a mild recession, uh, we think municipalities will hold up very well. And a big component of that, of course, is the is the fiscal stimulus that's been put in the system the last couple of years. Uh, state and local governments got an estimated $500 billion of federal stimulus uh, that went into their coffers. Uh, much of that had strings attached in terms of how it was spent, but nonetheless, a lot of that is still sitting there. So, uh, you know, given that we talked briefly about 2022 performance and, and how challenging it's been in the rising interest rate environment that we've experienced, well, looking ahead, what are we thinking are the trends inside muni finance and more specifically inside the muni market? Well, I think a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, the positive that has come out of this is we've got higher yields than we've had since 2018. When you look at the opportunity set in terms of investing, right, we're looking backwards and licking our wounds over the performance of bonds we, we've held, certainly bonds that we bought in the last couple of years. And I think that that'll go a long way in terms of investor demand. The other thing is we look out, even with the infrastructure spending, we get asked this a lot, okay, infrastructure is coming in for the federal government. Are we going to see a lot of issuance from the muni space? And I think overall, we do expect a little bit of an uptick in issuance. But if we look at over the course of the next year, you know, we think there's actually going to be more bonds coming due or maturing over the next year if you include all the coupon payments associated with, then it's going to be issued, meaning you're going to have what's called negative net supply. Uh, so there's more bonds being issued, more cash flow being generated from those redemptions, then there will be supply of new issues. And we've had that, you know, for a couple of years. It's been really the one space where, you know, you can look to actually see some deleveraging going on. And I think that from a market technical standpoint, uh, that's going to that's gonna go a long way in terms of supporting munis, particularly relative to, say, taxable bonds such as corporates and treasuries. Now the muni market is going to is going to follow treasuries, right? So really dependent upon where treasuries are going. Uh, we do think with with you know the the potential slowdown next year that maybe by the end of the year you could see lower interest rates, lower treasury yields. If we do see that, I think munis will outperform again relative to treasuries. Thanks for the great discussion, Brian. Uh, for more information about munis and their marketplace, you can download our market perspectives at www.commercetrustcompany.com. Thanks for joining us on Conversations with Commerce Trust. I'm David Hagee. We'll talk again soon. Important material disclosures regarding the content of this program follow. Commerce Trust is a division of Commerce Bank. Generally, non-depository investments offered in connection with Commerce Trust and its affiliates are not guaranteed, are not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Opinions and other information provided are effective as of the date of the recording and presented for the purpose of general education, information, or illustration only. Neither Commerce nor any of its affiliates, officers, employees, or agents have made any recommendations to buy, hold, or sell securities or given any advice as to the terms, beneficial interests, or profitability of any investment strategy or marketing activity and information provided may not be relied upon as such. 
You, as the investor, are fully responsible for any investment transaction you choose to enter into, including determining whether such investment is appropriate in light of your investment objectives and personal circumstance, and you shall not have relied on any of the preceding or following information from Commerce as the basis for any investment decision. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified attorney, tax advisor, or investment professional. In considering whether to trade or invest, you should inform yourself and be aware of the risks. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the information in the commentary provided is subject to change based on market or other conditions. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against all risk. Commerce Trust does not offer tax, legal, or specific estate planning advice. And while we may provide information or express general opinions from time to time, such information or opinions are not offered as professional tax or legal advice. Commerce Trust does not provide advice relating to rolling over retirement accounts. Commerce Trust is not a municipal advisor under Section 15B of the Securities Exchange Act and therefore does not offer advice or recommendations concerning bond proceeds or other municipal advice subject to this section. Any data contained herein from third-party providers is obtained from what are considered reliable sources. However, its accuracy, completeness, or reliability cannot be guaranteed.